Hey, Adam, guess what time it is? It's time to crack the customer code. Welcome to episode 40 of Crack the Customer Code. We're really excited to share a fabulous interview with you today with one of the leaders in social media marketing. Yeah, that's right. We are speaking with Robert Rose, co-author of the new book, Experiences, the Seventh Era of Marketing. But before we get started, we are going to have a little word from one of our sponsors. We all know that customer experience is hot, but are you taking advantage of its huge potential to make your services business more prominent and profitable? Join Service Strategies for an informative customer experience workshop in San Diego on October 27th. You'll learn how to create customer success while generating profitable revenue for your services business. The workshop is part of the Service Industry Summit event, which brings together leaders from companies like Cisco, Dell, and others to discuss the challenges of a changing service landscape. Visit servicestrategies.com to learn more. And if you're trying to reach business leaders or CX professionals, sponsoring our podcast is a great way. Go to crackthecustomercode.com slash sponsor for full details. Now, Jeannie, we have another guest, of course. And I like it because this is another dive into marketing and somebody who's into content marketing. I think our guest today, Robert Rose, who's known for his work with the Content Marketing Institute, his podcast with Joe Polizzi, This Old Marketing, he's he's really world-renowned for real about marketing and digital marketing and content marketing. Um, he's a really smart guy. He's really fun. And he really gets it. And so I had a lot of fun during this interview, and I know you did too, because he's a lot to say about where we're going with not just marketing, but how marketing blends itself into experiences in general. And I like his whole seventh era of marketing, which you'll learn about during the interview. And it's interesting because basically all roads lead to customer experience. That's what I took away. Yeah, <laughs> Marketing, everybody has to be in customer experience now, which is what we've been saying for a while. I'm sure it has nothing to do with our lens, right? <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. But And he does a great, but he really does a great job of explaining why marketing is having to move in that direction and why marketers are having to understand the whole experience and sort of quit focusing on the old traditional paradigm, the four P's and all that. So I think it was a great interview and I think we should just dive right in. Our guest today is Robert Rose. Robert is a best-selling author and sought-after speaker on the topics of the new strategic role of marketing in the business, content marketing, customer experiences, and marketing-related technology. His latest book, co-authored with Carla Johnson, is Experiences, the Seventh Era of Marketing. And he also co-hosts a podcast called This Old Marketing with Joe Polizzi. Welcome, Robert. We're so happy you're here. <laughs> Thank you so much. It's awesome to be here. <laughs> yeah, great to have you, Robert. So tell us, why is this the seventh era? And you, can you give us some background on the previous eras also? <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure, absolutely. Well, really, so it's, this is our contention. So Carla and my contention in the book is that we are actually moving into the seventh era of marketing. And if you went to university, and it's actually fascinating how few of us went to university and actually studied marketing these days. But if you go to university, you'll generally hear about in the textbooks, the five eras of marketing, which started in the 1800s, really with the trade era, where we really just sold the mass producing of what we created, grew or crafted in sort of markets and storefronts. And then every 20 or 30 years, there is a new, uh, a new era considered to be in how we approach marketing our products and services. And so it moves through 
the production era with the industrialization through the sales era, which was really about price and, and really happened through the Great Depression and up and through the war years. And then after the war years, we have what's called uh, the marketing company or the marketing department era, rather, which is really the birth of Mad Men and Madison Avenue and advertising. And really the product is aspirational and focus on product, place, price and promotion, the classic four P's of marketing. Then the marketing company era, which is really about brand, which brings us into the early 90s and which is where the textbooks usually stop. And we get into what we've generally been considered in to be in the last 15 or 20 years, which is the relationship era, which really started with one-to-one marketing. And we contend in the book, it started with the, you know, the one-to-one future, which was Dr. Martha Rogers and Don Peppers, of mm-hmm. course. And then moving into 2015, and as we get closer to 2020, where we get into that sort of 20 to 30-year uh, span of what we would normally consider an era of marketing, we contend that we're actually moving into a new era, which is this idea of creating powerful customer experiences. This is really where marketing's remit expands to consider the entirety of the customer's journey from the first time we meet them to having them become loyal, evangelistic um, subscribers to our brand. And really that idea is this, uh, how we create experiences that go beyond the product or service we put into the marketplace and actually add value to the customer's life using content and, and powerful experiences to do that. Well, and you can't see it, but I'm doing a happy dance about this book <laughs> because, <laughs> you know, this is you are preaching to the choir here because we really uh, talk a lot about customer journeys. And I think one of the angles that I really appreciate about what you say and the tone of the book is that you say these are better practices, but not necessarily the best because we're all figuring it out as we go. And we all are trying new things and experimenting So what are some of the recent examples of these better practices, if you will, when marketers have gotten the idea of experiences right? Sure. And and thanks for that. Yeah, it's it's you know, as we say in the book, this is an exploration for us as as much as it is for anyone. And and what it's really based on is the hundreds of client engagements, advisories, workshops, events, just our travels across the last five years and where we've really seen the evolution of the marketing department really start to get traction in creating value uh, as opposed to just or in addition to just describing that value of the product or service. And, and a great example of that, Red Bull and Coca-Cola, and of course, <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm not going to mention Red Bull and Coca-Cola because they're just sort of the poster children for this, but mm-hmm. companies like Kraft, uh, you know, what Julie Fleischer and her team have done there as part of a marketing um, uh, effort to create value through both a print magazine, which is their food and family magazine, and of course, that people pay for, by the way, or happily, you know, people happily subscribe to marketing material called Food and Family Magazine from Kraft. Mm -hmm. And the online databases that they have, which people happily pay for in the scheme of putting rich data in to actually get access to this online database, has created this asset that they have now, which is three and a half million people who are, you know, in an opt-in database, which is their audience. They actually have a bigger audience than Food TV Network does. And so, it, it, weirdly, it makes better sense for a Food TV Network to advertise with Kraft than it does the other way around. <laughs> and so they have actually been able to create this wonderful experience that drives value for the company. But its sole purpose is to deliver value like a product, like something that we would actually put out into the marketplace that is separate from the product or service that we put out there. Lego, of course. If you think about everything that Lego does, it's all about customer experience and really 
joining up everything they do as from media to physical events and their theme parks to the products that they create and um, and everything in between. And there's, you know, HubSpot is a great B2B example of this, right? I mean, their inbound conference this year is going to attract 10,000 people who are going to pay money, a thousand bucks a piece to attend a conference that is ostensibly a marketing platform for them. But it's this wonderful experience that they create every year that gives their customers value separate from their product or service. You know, piggybacking a little bit on the Lego example, because I have two boys. And so you can imagine that you can just like figure out how many Legos I've stepped on in my life. <laughs> but <laughs> but right. one of the things that has really uh, impressed me as a parent, because I had brothers and, you know, we grew up with Legos, but they were they were kind of a short shelf life, frankly, age wise. And now they do all this stuff to bring people through the experience so that my older son now is doing something online called like Lego Builders Academy, Master sure. Master yeah. Builders Academy. So That's he's getting right. a quote unquote MBA in Lego. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah. And it's they teach them kind of architectural techniques and all these things that are really advanced using Lego. So it's much more interesting space exploration, things like that. So it's just it's it's great as a parent because you can really see them growing with the products in really phenomenal ways. But to your point, it's marketing. I mean, they're they're doing this stuff online so that I buy the master builders sets, which are much more expensive, by the way. Of and of course I do that. You know? yeah, <laughs> so exactly. it's it's a great example. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, you know, the funny thing is, is, and they're doing all sorts of things with the Arduinos and, you know, where they're teaching kids how to do even robotics now mm-hmm. and, and using Legos to, 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 and then even to the point where, there's a there's an art exhibit now I think that's in either in New York or somewhere where there's there's artists who have now created Lego sculptures mm. that in some way is underwritten by by Lego itself. Right. And if you walk by the Chicago Architecture Foundation in the summer in the window it's all it's basically the <laughs> Chicago skyline in Lego which is pretty awesome. Go. And that really sort of proves your seventh arrow because all of this is being blended together this total customer experience also as a marketing package. And I come from small business, so I'm used. The idea of customer experience was very natural for me, the sort of total approach, because I look at it as you know I was the chief real estate officer, the chief marketing (laughs) officer, the chief (laughs) chief plumbing officer, all that. But how has this transition, this seventh era, how does it affect these traditional marketers that came up on the four P's? You know, maybe went through the Procter and Gamble, you know, uh, framework. You know, how are they adapting to this idea of the total customer experience. What's that great, wonderful quote from uh, Men in Black where they're sitting on the bench and he says, a person is intelligent, but people are stupid. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, and it's, and it's what I find is, is that, is that generally speaking, even people that are coming from the classic four P's, which of course I did, you know, I mean, I'm old enough to remember five-year marketing plans and, you know, working outside of things like, you know, Word and Excel and all that kind of stuff, <laughs> having to write it down. Um, I find that people actually adapt to this pretty well. It, this is, you know, it's one of those things where I find that the 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 concept and you know, even when I speak with CEOs, even older CEOs, they go, yeah, this feels right. This feels good. I understand it instinctually. But then the challenge is the cultural hurdles. And this is especially true in larger businesses as opposed to smaller businesses for the obvious reason. The cultural hurdles of getting over the how will we actually change the way that we've done business for the last X number of years is the biggest challenge. Mm-hmm. How do we actually get over the, the cultural hurdles of, 
well, who's going to own this process and how is it going to work and how's it going to affect what I do on a day-to-day basis? And really, do I want to take this chance, this innovative thing on my watch, or do I just want to sort of ride out my last five years until I retire and move on and let the kid behind me take it over? And there's a lot of fear around the change and the change management part of this in big and small businesses, but mostly in larger businesses. The smaller businesses are, are starting to take to this, I find, a lot faster because to your very excellent point, they've been doing it all along. They just haven't known what to call it. Mm. Right. And that's, you know, we've talked a lot about that, the silos and the incentives and the who owns something that really spreads across the entire gamut of the company. Yeah. And and those issues are really tricky. Yeah, it really is. So one of the things that you mentioned in the book is this idea of content creation management as kind of a almost a new discipline, I guess, or maybe it's not that new. We just start calling it that now. <laughs> um, but how how do you see that kind of growing up in the marketing department? Is that going to be something separate or connected? How do you see that? Uh, so the answer, the short answer to that is yes. Um, and so, um, but, the, you know, this actually is the new thing, I think. And, and I don't mean new thing like, you know, this is the new thing. It's, yeah. it's, I mean, this is the new thing that we're not doing yet, which is, Actually, this idea, this methodology, and this is really where it gets to the set of better practices, not best practices, because what we've done is really stitched together and synthesized a lot of pieces that we've seen working in various organizations together. There are very few, I would argue, companies that are doing all of this well, um, and certainly none that are doing it in sort of the way that we would prescribe it. And we even say in the book, look, this is just a framework from which you can start. We're hoping that this is a, you know, a table for you to stand on. Please alter, change, mod, you know, modify, do anything you need to do to make this process work for you. But really the difference, the new thing is this idea that, you know, we understand enterprises, small businesses, we understand the idea of content management. And to a great degree, we understand the idea of Content publishing, promotion across channels, how it can work, technologies there. We un- it's it's a fairly well understood. What's not well understood in the business right now is a process to create the content that we're going to use. Right now, the content creation process in business is quite frankly a side byproduct of the stuff that we do in our daily jobs. Right, you know, as marketers, as PR professionals, as product managers as content strategists, whatever our sort of profession is in the, we're just kind of expected to produce content as a something else that we do as part of our job. Mm-hmm. You know, it's very rare that somebody's job description has content creation as part of that job description, you know, as marketers. Uh, but the interesting thing is, is that as marketers, we're often measured on how much we produce, you know, how many times do I go into business these days? And the goals for marketing is you have to produce 12 white papers a year 14 blog posts, Hmm. you know, X number of web pages, you know, number of collateral pieces, number of PR releases, you know, and and that's just a silly way to look at it, which is we're measured as, you know, we're theoretically measured and hired because of our wonderful thinking and creative abilities, but we're then measured on our output like a general factory worker. Mm -hmm. And this is a new thing. This is a new way to look at a process centralized or not. And that's where I too cutely answered your question with yes, which is the, 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 the answer is, is it centralized? Yes. In some organizations, is it a cross-functional process that is managed and measured by different teams? Yes. Is it something that's a separate department or a separate even company like a Red Bull media house? Yes. Mm -hmm. The answer is really 
a decision needs to be made. And hopefully what we're trying to prescribe with content creation management is a methodology to help make those decisions as they're right for your business. Mm-hmm. And so it th- this is making me think like the chief marketing officer, maybe that's not the person, but is there somebody who should really be the chief storytelling officer or somebody like that? Like, how do we make sure that everybody's kind of singing the same song? You well, know what I mean? Yeah. No, it's funny you mentioned that because my, actually my blog post is exactly that topic. You know, I mean, we have, you know, we have a whole, you know, CMI has a whole print magazine called Chief Content Officer, yeah. which is this idea of someone who's in the organization that's going to run and be the chief storyteller or But I sort of even take that a step further in this blog post. And I say, look, you know, there's this concept in Hollywood um, for television series, which, you know, for years, you know, a television series, you know, think of your favorite hit shows, whether it's Game of Thrones or Mad Men, you know, they employ multiple directors, multiple, right, you know, tens and twenties of writers and directors over the course of a series run. And then you think, well, how do they keep the same tone? How do they keep the same narrative structure? How does everything seem so seamless? in a great show like that. And it's because of this concept in Hollywood known as the showrunner, who is really the boss, the creative visionary, the person whose job it is to maintain tone, creative narrative structure, character development, the arc of the show, you know, basically everything that has to do with the content and the story and the product that's getting put out is the responsibility of that showrunner. And I, I contend in this blog post and, and we do a bit in the book as well that, this is going to be a new leadership position within the organization. Now, is it as high as the CMO? I don't know. Can it be done by the CMO? Of course it can. Mm-hmm. can should it be done by the VP of marketing? Maybe. You know, all of these, again, are decisions that can be made at the business level. The idea is, is that it is a role that will become increasingly important. And it is one, I look at it as a career path for those that are really focused on content in their career that love and have a passion for content. That is a career path that I can absolutely see evolving into the future. Hmm. So That's fascinating. Great. I know it is amazing. <laughs> I think, you know, we're all content producers and it's so interesting. It's so challenging on a personal level to do content, much less on a large organizational level. And I've got to tell you, Robert, that was a great note to end on because that uh, analogy of the showrunner is actually one of the best analogies for a content production I've ever heard. Mm-hmm. That, was really, I, <laughs> that was really All good. Right. Now I just need like 20 writers and content producers like HBO <laughs> and I'd be good. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. well, you just set. need your Mad Men, right? Yeah. Or you need your Game of Thrones. Exactly. That's the, that's, the, that's the hard part, right? That's the hard <laughs> part for those folks is to actually come up with what is this valuable thing because you know, that's the cultural hurdle right now where businesses are going, well, are we really in that business? Do we really want to be in the business of producing a magazine? Well, yeah, you do probably, but Mm -hmm. what does it look like? Right. Well, and is it offering value? And I think that's what... That's the key. Yeah. That's the question. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, hey, this has been great. Thank you so much, Robert. Really appreciate it. Where can people find you if they want to connect with you? So uh, on Twitter, I'm at uh, Robert underscore Rose. Uh, my website is robertrose.net and the book where you've got three chapters for free, no registration or anything like that. You can sort of understand a little more about content creation management is seventh era of marketing.com either spelled out or with seven th seventh era of marketing.com um, where you can get the book. And the book trailer is really fun, by the way. Oh, thanks. I appreciate that. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much. Bye bye. All right. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Crack the Customer Code. Head on over to crackthecustomercode.com for all of our shows and our show notes. And as always, we'd love your feedback. 
drop us an email at thecustomercode at gmail.com or give us a call at 470-223-CODE and let us know what you like, what we could improve on, or who you'd like us to invite as a guest. And of course, please subscribe on iTunes and Stitcher so you'll never miss an episode. And if you like what you hear, we can love your comments and a review. I'm Jeannie Walters. Read my blog, sign up for webinars, and connect with me at 360connects.com or GenieCW on Twitter. And I'm Adam Porrick, known as Jeannie Walters' partner. <laughs> and you can connect with me and find out more about our customer service workshops and training at customersthatstick.com. And until next time, take care of yourself. And take care of your customers. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.